Talk of the Town with topics that matter. Here's Lisa Kay. Here we are, our very first Talk of the Town with Focus on Ag. Kent TC joining us in the brand new year. And, uh, well, Kent, Happy New Year. Well, same to you and same to all the listeners out there. Uh, one of the favorite things of mine with working in radio is at the, end of, uh, at the end of every year, beginning of a new year, all the top lists come out. We get top top this, top TV shows, top songs, top everything. Uh, and, and that doesn't uh, go away on the ag department either. We have our top five ag stories of 2022 that we're going to talk about. All things that I remember talking about uh, during the year with you. And let's let's start off with that because uh, I know that we've got uh, a lot of different stories. But what was number one for you? Well, I, and as you know, I uh, do write that weekly focus on ag columns. So uh, every year, I kind of like to look back to and say, well, okay, what were my tops? Uh, kind of the top ag stories from my perspective for the year. And certainly, I think the uh, continued strong uh, U.S. farm income levels. Uh, for 2022, um, near record levels nationally and certainly locally, we had very strong levels. We talked about that throughout the year. Uh, some of the highest continued grain prices we've seen in over a decade. And, and fortunately for the immediate listening area, some pretty good yields. Now, obviously, as we went to the probably western part, some of the yields dropped off a little, but overall pretty good. So really a strong profit year. Um, uh, again, it kind of, um, you know, we're kind of entering the next year here with, I think, some optimism again. But uh, uh, actually, when uh, that kind of cuts into my number two story, which was inflation and rapidly rising input costs, mm-hmm. uh, that's obviously going to impact things uh, as we go forward because uh, uh, the costs have went up considerably uh, for you know, we've talked about that before, especially fertilizer and uh, seed, chemical, fuel costs, labor, interest rates have went up. So uh, the, the cost of production has uh, gone up a lot, which uh, puts a little more pressure on profit margins as we go forward. So, <clears throat> Kent, even though the costs, like inflation and everything, and the input costs went up, uh, the, we still had decent, like as you said, it cut back into story number one, s- decent income levels. Yeah, the income levels have stayed strong, and a lot of that has to do with uh, the price levels. Uh, you know, we've talked about this in previous months that, you know, we've just, uh, the combination of tight supplies, both in the U.S. and worldwide, uh, some weather issues last year, not locally, but around the country. Uh, certainly a massive drought that uh, kind of covered the plain states, uh, Nebraska, Kansas, up into South Dakota, uh, that cut down uh, production in some of those states. And and then strong demand, uh, export demand's good for grains uh, and lives and meat products. And uh, prices, uh, you know, as just helped uh, keep prices going. We've had uh, strong usage uh, for feed usage and also for uh, renewable fuels for ethanol and biodiesel. So it's all been good and kind of kept the ball rolling there. And and locally, uh, we've had uh, really strong local grain prices. Uh, we, we talked about that, I know, a couple months ago about basis, the difference between the local price and Chicago Board of Trade price, and 
we've actually had about uh, 18 months of just strong, tight basis levels, which keeps our local grain prices high relative to historic averages. And this certainly uh, has been a big plus uh, for area uh, corn and soybean producers. And and the other good thing uh, on the livestock side, the margins improved in 2022 as well, which helps the bottom line on overall farm income. So you think that was like number three, that your, your number three topic is strong grain prices and livestock prices? Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think that's, you know, again, has just been uh, a continued, uh, you know, strength in those prices. And uh, it kind of ties back again to my number two, the higher input costs. And looking ahead now, we need to keep some strong prices or those margins can disappear very fast. Mm-hmm. Grain prices start to struggle, and the the only re- the two main reasons that grain prices would start to struggle would be uh, well, there's probably three main reasons. Uh, uh, you know, one obviously would be decreased demand and usage, uh, either for feed or for processing in the U.S. Lower export levels, and then if we have a big increase in supply, if we uh, suddenly have a bumper crop next year across the country that's going to put pressure well i know you have listed your number four was the crop yields across the midwest yeah you know and i kind of got into that about in the plains where they had uh mother nature kind of went in and kind of cut their yields by uh 10 to 30 percent in many areas but you know we were fortunate i think uh, we didn't have a lot of rain uh across southern minnesota but we had timely rains, and it seemed like it was enough to uh, allow us to get average to slightly above average yields in many areas. Now, there was some variation. Again, you get in parts uh, southwest Minnesota, the yields start to drop off. And, and even locally, uh, <clears throat> you know, some fields that uh, may be a little more susceptible to, uh, you know, having limited rainfall, uh, the yields weren't quite as robust. But overall, I think some pretty good yields, and uh, you know, again, as we look ahead to next year, I think one challenge we have, uh, even though we're getting a lot of snow now, uh, we we ended the fall as we headed into the winter season with very low levels of stored soil moisture in many areas, and a year ago, uh, and compared to recent years, and certainly. Uh, uh, if we enter the year kind of on the dry cycle, uh, that could be a challenge uh, as, or later in the growing season. Now, obviously, uh, you do get some soil recharge from all this snow, but a lot of that, if the ground's froze underneath, tends to run off. It'll certainly help our lakes and rivers and streams with that added uh, from the snow melt, but it doesn't necessarily... Uh, help replenish that stored soil moisture. Mm-hmm. I know we talk a lot about um, prices increasing, and one of the big stories that we had talked about was your number five, which is the increase in land value. Yeah, and that I had it at number five. Some uh, egg publications had that a lot higher than that. And certainly uh, we've seen a, a rapid run-up in farmland values. Uh, you know, if you look at it, uh, we've had... Uh, Uh, I think the values increased 17% according to Iowa State uh, from a year earlier, and that followed 29% from 2020 to 21. And so 
uh, really a rapid run-up. We've heard some phenomenal uh, numbers. There was a $30,000 per acre sale of farmland down in Iowa late in the year. And, and we haven't seen many of those, but we've had, uh, you know, prior to the last 12 months, uh, you kind of paid attention in Minnesota when you heard a farmland sale above 10000 an acre, unless it was close to a urban area for development or something for just straight farmland. And now uh, ten to $15,000 an acre land sales have become quite common in re- recent times on high-quality land. Now, not all land bringing that, but certainly uh, we've seen some strong increase, and we're, you know, part of that goes back to my number one story with uh, the farm profitability and added farm income. <clears throat> Farmers have more cash available to uh, invest into land, so uh, they've taken advantage of that. Uh, there's also been more investor interest. Uh, certainly some of the challenges with the stock market and other investments has encouraged some other outside investors to get into buying land. Uh, it's somewhere around 30 to 35% of the land sales are being bought by non-farmers, and that's a little probably higher than it has been in recent years mm. up until the last couple of years. So there is more outside interest in buying land, but many times those outside investors <clears throat> have a connection with a farmer to uh, rent that land back to a farmer. So oh. uh, it'll again, I don't see that dropping off substantially here in the near term i think longer term uh, obviously if farm profitability starts to drop uh, the higher interest rates uh if with investor you know if the overall economy starts to stabilize all of those could uh, i see land values probably more plateauing here on the short term in 23 maybe some decline down the road if we see farm profits go down as we head out 2024-25. Ken Tesey, Focus on Ag, our farm management analyst and senior vice president from MinStar Bank, joining us today on Talk of the Town. So we've gone over the top ag topics for you for 2022 that come out in the Focus on Ag uh, newsletter, which will give people a chance to sign up for at the end of the show here today. But we're going to be looking ahead to the, the new year. I know the farm bill, the current farm bill, it, it expires at the end of September of this year, correct? Yeah, that's right. Uh, farm bills typically run five years, <clears throat> and the current farm bill, which was enacted in 2018, uh, will expire uh, in 2023. Now, the federal fiscal year runs October 1 to September 30th, so the current farm bill actually expires uh, on September 30th of 23, and uh of course, the Farm Bill uh, is one of the most comprehensive pieces of legislation that Congress deals with. Uh, I, as I say that, we've had some pretty comprehensive ones uh, with the recent omnibus bill and the infrastructure bill and some of them. But um, <clears throat> the Farm Bill uh, not only covers farm-related items like the commodity programs, farm program payments, <clears throat> crop insurance, conservation, and ag credit, but it also covers... Uh, the nutrition program, which is the food uh, SNAP program, supplemental nutrition or food stamp program, uh, the school lunch program, the women, infant, and child program, which is covers uh, over 80% of the funding in the farm bill. Hmm. And then it covers things like rural development, uh, things to assist local governments with fire protection, uh, 
emergency service, wastewater treatment, broadband service, all that stuff. Covers energy, forestry, horticulture, uh, as well as research, ag research and extension programs. So it's very comprehensive. And so uh, uh, getting that passed affects uh, not just farmers, but affects uh, a lot of folks out there, anybody who gets food assistance programs or takes part in school lunch programs is affected. Uh, Kent, I heard that they are talking about, like, some of members of Congress want that whole nutrition part taken out of the next farm bill. How is that going to work? What, I mean, what are, what are you thinking about that? Well, every time uh, we get a, a farm bill that comes around, uh, there's always a certain segment in Congress that says, well, the nutrition program really shouldn't be part of a farm bill. Um, you know, the the challenge is, and if you've talked to long-term folks that have been in Congress, uh, like uh, recently retired uh, Congressman Colin Peterson, who's helped write many farm bills, they will tell you it would be very difficult to pass a standalone farm bill without the nutrition title. Mm. Uh, the, the advantage of having the nutrition title in is that it, uh, the uh, things like the SNAP program and school lunch program affect every congressional district in the country. So every member of Congress has an interest in that farm bill. If you take that out, you only have, I think, less than 50 members of Congress now that have signif- a significant amount of uh, agriculture making up their district. And so uh, that would make it much more difficult, and you wouldn't have the uh, broad interest in the farm bill, uh, both political parties and geographical interests that you do now. Uh, the other thing I think that farmers, sometimes farmers, I think get frustrated because, like I said, 80% of the funding does go to that food and nutrition program. But I think what farmers and others in agriculture need to remember that all of those funds are basically being used for food and our ag products. So it does help uh, demand and uh, use of ag products. So indirectly, the nutrition title also is benefiting farmers. So I guess my hope would be, and I haven't heard any anybody really pushing that now. I think uh, the folks in the U.S. House and Senate that are giving leadership to the farm bill uh, have been around a while, and I think they know the importance of keeping that farm bill together. Okay, all right. Uh, we've got about five minutes left on the show. Uh, we want to talk a little bit about, um, well, is there anything else you want to say about the, the farm bill, or do we want to talk about... Uh, you know, the, the only other thing I would say on the farm bill is it's it, it's not like uh, a shutdown of the federal government. They Way back when, in like 1949, Congress had the wherewithal to kind of put a a stopgap in. If Congress can't pass a farm bill, it reverts back to 1949 law, hmm. which uh, <laughs> would would uh, it'd be interesting because it, it 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 won't happen because the nutrition bill isn't in there. So all food and nutrition programs and stuff. And so what if they can't pass a bill? The more likely thing would be they would extend the current bill. For another year or so and the way things are in congress now as we're seeing in the first couple days uh getting <laughs> stuff passed might be interesting so we'll see what happens with that and 
uh, one way or the other, there'll still be a farm bill in 2024. We'll take a look at that, I'm sure, the next time and, and uh, in the months <coughs> ahead that we talk to you with Focus on Ag. This is the time where a lot of uh, farmers and those in the ag industry prepare to meet with their ag lenders about certain things. And we should bring, uh, I just talked with somebody about this yesterday, about like, what do you need to bring for your tax appointment? What do you need to bring to your meeting with your ag lender? Well, I guess uh, without getting into a lot of detail, the best thing is to be prepared. Uh, I think whether you're going to see your tax preparer or your ag lender, uh, they appreciate when someone comes in and is running their farm as a business and they have well-prepared financial statements, they have some preliminary budgets and cash flows for the coming year, they have a good accounting and summary of uh, profit and loss for last year income and expense summary and those kind of things make it first of all it's good for your farm business to know where you're at and secondly it makes uh, whether it's preparing taxes or renewing a ag operating loan it makes it a lot easier and uh, and certainly the farm operations out there that work with like farm business management program through south central college or work with uh, other financial advisors, uh, you know, are well in tune with that. But even if you aren't in those programs, there's a lot of computer programs available today to really uh, be on top of this and kind of know where you're at. Kent, if people want to get in touch with you and maybe receive the Focus on Egg newsletter in their email like I do and, and kind of learn a little bit more in depth about some of these things that you write about, what's the best place to go? How do we get in contact with you? Well, the best thing, um, you can just drop me a line, uh, email at kent.tc at minstarbank.com, or you can go to the Minstar Bank website and find past issues of Focus on Ag or sign up for the newsletter. All right. What are we looking at talking about next month? What are you thinking? Well, we'll be into the new year, obviously. I guess we'll be talking some about markets, maybe uh, some farm programs, sign up, uh, probably we'll see if anything new is happening with the farm bill and not too long we'll be talking about spring planning i'm sure man i can't wait it's hard to think about with all the snow that we've gotten in the last few days uh and, and actually the last month but spring will be on the way we'll a whole nother planting season in 2023 kent tc focus on ag on talk of the town today hey kent thanks for your time today we certainly appreciate it well thank you and uh, good luck to everybody out there